Welcome to the Boom Boom Performance Podcast, your resource for science-based training and nutrition, data-driven coaching, and education-focused content. Before we get into this podcast, I just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen and learn with me so that you can apply what you are about to learn, take my strategies, use these tools, and finally have some serious methods to see sustainable success with your physique, your mind, and your life. This podcast was built on the foundation of applied education, and I'm excited for you to be here so you can have that experience with me. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the show. Today, I am going to break down the perfect day of training and nutrition. So partially talking about my exact day and how I've designed my daily schedule to really be as optimal as possible for both my physical training results uh, and goals as well as my dietary goals, my nutrition. Uh, but I kind of dive into why. I dive into the science behind what is important inside of my training, why it's split up that way, how it's split up throughout the week, what time of day I'm training, what my nutrition looks like, why it looks that way, what foods I'm choosing, timing, all those things like that. Um, and I give you practical application with it so you can take what you can and apply it into your day or just copy my day. If, if you can control your schedule, try to just copy my day. Um, I actually think it would be beneficial. Uh, but that's today's podcast, guys. We're going to dive into all those things. I do want to give a quick plug to the Tailored Trainer, which is our membership site. This is a good example of why something like this is so beneficial to people because I literally design training programs to make sure people have a periodized system delivered to them to their phone. So you have a personal trainer in your pocket, literally. Every single day you walk in the gym, you never have to guess what you have to do. You walk in, you know exactly what to do, you know how to do it, you see a video of me doing it, and there's progressions built in over time so that you can continue to progress and have all the access you need inside the Facebook group. So if you guys want that, you want the tailored trainer, you want a training system that is proven to work and it's in your pocket every day for less than a cup of coffee a day, no shit, click the link in the description or head over to tailoredcoachingmethod.com slash tailored-trainer. Really excited about that one, guys. Now, without any further ado, let's get on to the perfect day of training and nutrition. Man, we're almost to 400 episodes. I know. Holy. That's crazy. Damn. It goes fast, dude. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> I went back. <laughs> when you're doing four a week. I, I, went, I went back and looked at like episode one, and I was like, whoa. <gasps> it's just, yeah, yeah. It's crazy how far shit has come. Yeah. Some of the interviews and like the quality is just like, fuck. But I mean, this is, this is part of growing pains. Yeah. Yeah, learn, but I fucking love podcasting, and it's crazy that we're at 400 episodes and about to hit a million downloads real soon. Excited about that. So, people, do me a favor: send this podcast to a friend. There you go. <laughs> send it to Take somebody. A Take a screenshot. Tag me. Um, more importantly, email it, DM it, text it to somebody. Email a podcast. Email a link to a podcast. Sure. Uh, I don't know how. Whoever these people communicate. There's certain people that <laughs> only do. People. You know, like my grandma, she'll never text me, but she always emails me. Interesting. It's she probably gets better, uh, faster response than some people. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, I don't. I think that's the only one. My mom does sometimes. Mom's coming to work out tomorrow. So what's up? Oh, sick. Yeah. She's tomorrow. Be here tomorrow. She's like, can I come work out? Thursday. With you? I was like, sure. Yeah. I'm training three thirty every day. Yeah. Come through. You're just gonna pop a program for her. Yeah, I'll just throw something on the board. Yeah. Dope. But so, what do you want to talk about today, man? Uh, the perfect day. We'll figure out how to title this better. Perfect day of training and nutrition. Nice. So, like, how to set that up from wake up to sleep time? Yep. 
Sleep time. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> Sleepy time. Um, <laughs> no, because like I was thinking about this. Uh, somebody asked me a question. There was two questions that prompted this. Somebody asked me a question the other day of like, uh, like basically I control my schedule. What time should I train? And I was like, oh, that's a good question. And there is actually some research to, sh- to show what you should do. And then um, that post I did this morning about basically saying 90% of people who are like sustainably ripped or like shredded, who like consistently stay lean, eat like a bro 90% of the time or more. Um, And I think it's like one of those things that like, there's like this flexible dieting fantasy people live in of like, you can eat whatever you want, just hit your calories. And it's like, you can, but like, why is it that like all the really lean, muscular people who sustain that and aren't miserable they don't eat that way. Yeah. Like they eat really healthy food all the time. And then every once in a while, and this is what I said in there, I was like, every once in a while they eat ice cream and that ice cream is usually Halo Top, which yeah. is like a low calorie protein ice cream. Mm-hmm. And that's the reality because shit, I, I had a, I had ice cream in San Diego and it was Halo Top. <laughs> like me and Shannon will do ice cream. She'll get Ben and Jerry's and I get Halo Top. But that's, I think that's like the, the, the flexible dieting fantasy that people live in is like that you can just eat whatever. So I wanted to kind of go like, okay, well, what does a perfect day of eating look like? What does a perfect day of training look like? How should you set that up throughout the week? And then people can kind of listen to this and be like, okay, like leave and set up your fucking routine. Yeah. Completely. Um, it's a, I hate to say it for this podcast, but it's also big depends. Depends on your schedule. Depends on your job. Depends so on- we'll use this as a perfect world scenario. Okay. So the individual we're creating this for, uh, this isn't you. Works at home. Doesn't. <laughs> Doesn't like, uh, doesn't not like any foods, has yeah. no food issues. Um, will eat whatever I tell them to eat. Allergies. They can eat however many meals they want to eat. I want them to eat it per day. Take whatever supplements, money is not an option. So they, can, they can follow whatever it is. Anything. Okay. Um, not everybody can do this. Now, a lot of this stuff does change when I work with somebody because the reality is, is like, like, hey, this is a perfect world, but I know be based on your schedule or your stress or the foods you hate eating, yeah. like we're going to go this route. Um, but first and foremost, we'll talk training. So in my opinion, I think the perfect way to set up training is likely going to be a, if I had to sum up, like we'll start with a training split, the best training split for majority of people, I think is going to be a four day upper lower split. Um, I think that advanced individuals can progress on it. I think beginners can use it. I think intermediates can use it. I think it's, uh, an easy way to actually create a program. Like if we look at the, the actual science and art of programming, upper lower splits make it pretty easy. Um, it, it's easier on recovery for a lot of people because, you know, I do chest, shoulders, back, triceps, all this stuff today and I'll do legs tomorrow mm-hmm. and then the next day I'm resting. So by the time I hit upper body again, I'm fresh. I feel good. Um, same with legs. Whereas something like I'm on right now is a push pull legs. Like I did upper body on Monday, even though it was like chest triceps, when I came in to do pulling all upper body still, it's still like, fuck my upper body still yeah. kind of tired, you know? Um, even though it is opposing muscle groups, uh, but I'm, I'm an advanced lifter and I can lift six days a week in a row. But for most people, I think a four day split every once in a while, you can do like a five day for some people, but we're setting up a four day split two days. We're going to do conditioning. I think that conditioning gets overlooked for anybody who is interested in building muscle, um, because it's fat loss, right? Like conditioning is cardio, cardio, it burns calories. We don't want to burn a ton of calories because we want to build muscle and we want to keep all the food we can. But 
if we look at what conditioning does from an energy systems perspective, it increases your oxidative system. It increases your body's ability to utilize oxygen. It improves your energy systems, which is going to influence your metabolism, your anaerobic system, your um, ATP system. So all the systems that basically take nutrients, take oxygen, take blood flow, take all these things and substrates in our body and actually create energy with them and performance. Conditioning is the foundation of that. Yeah. Um, And I mean, we can just look at pro CrossFitters. If if cardio like is bad for muscle growth, why are some CrossFitters jacked beyond belief? They do cardio in every session. Yeah. So it's obviously not true. Um, So we have two days. One day is going to be anaerobic conditioning. So this day is going to be similar to the conditioning video that we just put out by the time this is aired. Um, where I'm doing some running, I'm doing some assault bike, I'm doing some rowing, I'm doing some carries. It's, it's more high intensity. It's either really high intensity or it's like moderately high. Yep. And then one day we're doing active recovery. So this is going to be a day where we are walking on the treadmill for 30 minutes straight. So it's literally like nonstop movement or a bike or anything. And it's just movement. So it's at a low enough pace where I can hold a conversation with you but my heart rate's going mm-hmm. and my body is moving and yeah. I'm burning calories. So that's an active recovery because we are getting blood flow to the body, the limbs. I'm going through a good range of motion, especially if you're on a bike, but I'm not like pushing my nervous system too much. And then one day is full rest. So we have four days of lifting, one day hard conditioning, one day active recovery, one day complete rest. If I had to boil down for the majority of people, I think that's literally a perfect split. I could use that and get great results. You could use that, and get great results. My mom could use that and get great results. We would adjust some things just because she's approaching 60 and she hasn't been in the gym like I have. So obviously I would have to, you know, I'm going to take the barbell bench press out of there. Yeah. But splitting up your, your sessions in this four day upper lower fashion, it helps us undulate intensities. And that's the last thing I would say is that within that training split, and this applies to everybody as well, in a perfect training split, you're undulating intensities. Yeah. So if you look at your program right now, you have... Day one's max effort. Day two's dynamic effort. Day three's rest, which is today. Day four is dynamic effort again. Day five is going to be max effort. So what I'm doing there is I'm going max effort's the hardest central nervous system day. A lot of low rep, a lot of strength, heavy lifting. Dynamic effort, upper body's like speed and hypertrophy. So you're doing higher reps or you're doing explosive reps, lighter weight, a lot of uh, like unilateral stuff, a lot of movement-based athletic stuff. But we are not driving into like that hard, hard nervous system training where we're doing like grueling three rep deadlifts. For sure. Wednesday, take rest. Thursday, we are going to do um, dynamic effort again because we did max effort lower body on Monday. We have to do another dynamic or another lower body, which is going to be dynamic. And then the final day is going to be max effort. But what we did is we pushed your nervous system really hard day one. We trained, but brought it down a little bit, which is actually better. It's a form of active recovery, but we're not going super hard. So it's still coming down day three. We have that active recovery. So we're like continuing to come down, come up from a recovery standpoint, but come down from an intensity standpoint. Then we slowly drive it a little bit higher again with dynamic effort. And then we peak it up at the end of the week again with max effort. And then on the weekend, you have a condition day and then rest. Mm -hmm. So now what we're doing is undulating this like a wave, like your intensity are going up and coming back down, up and come back down. Whereas if you were to do that same split, and I've made this mistake in the past, day one, day two, upper, lower, max effort, max effort, day three, four, dynamic, dynamic. You go two days in a row, super hard, injury risk goes up, nervous system burnout goes up. You're more likely to need to deload sooner. And then you go six, five or six days in a row without any hard intensity. Yeah. Let's split those up. So... Even if you're not doing like speed work, like a typical conjugate method, 
which is what I have you on as a modified conjugate, you can still do this waving of intensities. Um, like even on my program right now, it's an upper or it's a push pull legs. There's certain days that you're going heavier, certain days that you're going lighter. And that's the whole thing. It's like a push and a pull, a yin and a yang. Like you're going really hard, then you're pulling back. It's just yeah. like dieting, right? For sure. Yeah. Ramp on the diet deficit, pull back in a maintenance phase. Um, so for the training program, 40 split, one day conditioning, one day active recovery, one day full rest, undulating intensities throughout the week. Um, next, we are going to uh, consider the time of day to train. And I've actually, and you're going to laugh that I actually structured my schedule this way to train at the perfect time. Yeah. 3.30. So they did some studies that, uh, (laughs) imagine that. Mm -hmm. Um, They did some studies that showed, I want to say it was actually 4 p.m. Okay. Close enough though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the most optimal time of day to train. So individuals saw the best rate of muscle growth or strength gains at about 4 p.m. And I think that's that's for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think that, when you wake up in the morning, you have a, a increase in cortisol, which could be a good thing yeah. because cortisol goes up. It's a stress hormone that causes adrenaline to go up. So you could be more actually like alive and, and awake and energetic. But at the same time, I think your body is stiff. Your, your joints are cold. Your spine is compressed after s- sleeping. By 3.34 p.m., you've been moving all day. Even if you sit in a desk, you've at least got up, you've moved, your your spine is kind of decompressed a little bit, your joints have got a chance to move, blood flow has gone to the limbs. Um, by 3.34 p.m., you've had at least two meals a day for most people, unless you're doing fasting. But for me, I've had three meals already. So I'm well-fueled. I've had probably about a gallon of water by then. I'm well-hydrated. My joints are awake and ready. Um, and then right after you're trained, you can go home and have a big meal as like a post-workout dinner that is going to shove you into parasympathetic mode. So I like this combination because I find people feel the best from a joint by joint perspective at about between three and 5 PM. Um, they have enough food in them to where their performance is better because they have enough fuel. They have enough water to keep them hydrated, um, get a good pump throughout the session. And then it allows them to place their training right in front of their biggest meal of the day, which makes it way easier on a social perspective. Yeah. So I come home, I can have a big dinner with my family and I can have a bunch of carbs and that's going to like basically there's, there's conflicting research here that goes both ways, but there is a lot of research that shows, um, having carbohydrates at night is actually going to help you fall asleep because it, it, there's a, I think there's a combination of like the, the protein and carb tryptophan. That's why like people say like, Oh, Turkey and, Oh, yeah. uh, you know, you fall asleep afterwards. Yeah. Tryptophan is, is an amino acid found in there. But if you have protein and carbs, the carbs uh, influence the tryptophan to work more. So that helps yeah. you go to sleep. But also when you eat carbs, you spike insulin, blunt cortisol, shift into parasympathetic mode, which is rest and digest. So your nervous system calms down a lot. So there's that the benefit of that as well. Um, but I think at the end of the day, like you're following the split and you're training at about 3.34, 4.30 p.m. every day. After that, we get into nutrition. Yeah. So how should your diet be throughout mm-hmm. the day? Um, and, and one thing I will just add too, if I if I had full control, and actually I do have some clients where I can request quite a bit because they're coaches mm-hmm. like me. So it's like like when I work with somebody, like, I, like I'm working with Eric, I, I, he's like, so like your schedule, like training, I'm like, dude. You, you tell me. I can literally do anything. <laughs> you want me to train twice a day? I could if you want me to. I don't want to, but I could. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I can literally do anything. I can make everything. Um, which that's actually why I, I hired him and I was excited about it because I told him, I was like, man, like everything is in a place right now where I can fully commit to my own body because for the last two years, it's like 
or I'm training in the garage or I'm training at any time or like, hey, I'll get a quick session in after we film at that gym that we're, we're getting some space from if there's time and like I'm driving here and there and there's just building a business is hectic. But now that we have a location, now that I have my houses down the street, now that we have a full gym, now that I can, I can tweak my schedule, it's like, I have, yeah, I have no reason not to be jacked. Yeah. So now I'm like going all in on it. But it was cool because I could tell he was excited. He was like, this is going to be really fun, like yeah. easy for me, you know? Yeah. Um, but for nutrition, uh, oh, like the thing I was going to add is uh, three times a day walks. I talked about that a little bit on the other podcast. I have the reminders. But I think on top of being awake all day, on top of training at the right time, on top of having the meals, having the, the hydration, all those things before you work out, I really encourage people to get up and walk at least twice. But if you can, three times a day. Um, I had Stan efforting on the podcast a while back. He's really, really big on like the three times a day walking, but it's going to improve blood sugar levels, insulin levels, digestion post meal. So if you can get up and walk after breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you're basically improving your body's ability to absorb, digest, and facilitate carbohydrates, For right? Sure, yeah. On top of that, uh, I do believe that like when people walk more, this is completely anecdotal. They're just more positive. Like when people get up and they go walk and they move, there is some research that shows like the fluid in your spinal cord or something along those lines like helps productivity in your brain. There was some like biohacking thing I read, but it's basically just saying like when you wake up in the morning, get up and go. And I think like the whole point is like, no, it's just more movement is yeah. better for your brain yeah. function and productivity. So I think there's that. And I also think that people um, from a joint again perspective in just recovery, they tend to feel better when they move more. Like my clients who are actively trying to get up and walk and move throughout the day and get up out of their desk and do a lap around the building, they just, fe- yeah, they just feel better. The yeah. results are better. They feel better. There's less pain. There's less aches. And they're usually leaner because they're moving more and their energy expenditure is higher. Um, so that's another thing with like trying to build muscles, like staying lean and doing that. But all right, training, four day a week split, undulating your intensities, one hard conditioning day, one active recovery day, one full rest day, two to three walks per day. And you're training at about 3.30 or 4 p.m. That's it so far. Boom. For nutrition, if I had to set up a person's perfect nutrition, I am going to have them eat four meals per day. Um, four meals in one shake. So five feedings, four meals. The meals, the reason I have four meals is because I think that they're large enough to be satiated. If you go six meals, they're like getting small and you eat a meal and you're still hungry. Yeah. Four meals, they're big enough to be satiated. Um, it also gives you enough protein per sitting to maximize protein synthesis, which we know begins at about 20 grams of, of, of quality protein, but maxes out about 40 to 50 depending on your weight. But if you're having four meals a day, you're probably at least getting 30 grams to 40 grams per meal, mm-hmm. which is going to be more optimal for, for muscle protein synthesis, recovery, grow, building muscle. So four meals a day, evenly spread out protein across the day. Um, I'm going to put the majority of your carbs pre and post workout, and I'm probably going to have somewhere between 0.5 to one gram per kilogram of body weight and carbohydrates. 0.5 to one gram per kilogram of body weight. Okay. Um, which is going to be, so divided by 2.2. So I'm a hundred and I was 171 today divided by 2.2 is I'm 77.7 kilograms. So 
77. So basically, I'm I'm having about my body weight. Yep. Maybe a little bit less. And the only time I do less is when somebody is on a fat loss phase, um, just because we're probably not having a ton of yeah, exactly. We're not having a ton of carbohydrates. So about your body weight in protein uh, kilograms. So I'm having 75 grams carbs pre and post workout. Uh, and I'm, I'm making those carbohydrates 80% starch, 20% fruit in both those meals. So for me, that's going to be uh, like I have my meal with oats and berries and stuff like that pre and then post-workout. Um, I'll usually have a piece of fruit and then at dinner I'll have rice, yeah. just like pure starch. Um, the rest of your carbs you're divvying up in those other meals. So if you have two big meals pre and post-workout and we can remove the shake and the more that I think about it because if I'm setting up the perfect day, you don't need a shake because you're going home and eating right away. So we have a pre-meal and a post-meal, four, four meals per day. About your, your body weight in kilograms, pre and post-workout and carbs, 80% starch, 20% fruit, maybe 90% starch, 10% fruit, but somewhere in that range. And then the rest of your carbs are going to be from complex sources, um, being a mix of high fiber veggies and high fiber starches like sweet potato, brown rice, quinoa, things like that, and broccoli, asparagus, peppers, mushrooms, anything you want really. And those are going to be in the first and final meal. Yeah. So you have one big meal in the morning, one meal midday, train, post-workout, late at night. Yeah. Or you can do two meals in the morning, one meal right before you work out, one big meal at night. Either way, you're having four meals a day. Most carbs pre and post-workout, split between starch and fruit because that's going to increase the absorption of those carbohydrates and in, in getting things into your blood flow, uh, bloodstream, your blood glucose levels will be increased, which is going to help energy performance in the gym. Um, the other, other meals have complex carbs, and then we're literally just evenly distributing fat, almost evenly distributing. We're going to have a little bit more fat in the first meal of the day, the last meal of the day, and then a little bit less in the pre and post workout window. Uh, when we have too much fat, um, digestion slows down, your gallbladder is working harder. It's just, you feel more lethargic. So if we co- combine too much fat and carb, it's harder to digest and it takes way longer to digest. So you're going to be shitting a brick under the squat rack. You're not going to be feeling good in the gym. So because of that, I want more fats on the meals that were not by my workout. And then I want around like five to 10 grams pre and post. So a little bit less fat. And I would go up to like 15 grams fat post-workout. And there's some clients I'll have to do like 20. And that's if like the the meal is post-workout a couple hours later. And it's like you need that much fat to hit your macros because yeah. you have to eat a lot of fat and because your calories are high. Um, and then you're just making sure you get three to four servings of veggies, two to three servings of fruit per day. Um, so yeah, four meals, evenly spread protein between 30 and 45 grams per meal. Most of your carbs pre and post, combination of starch and fruit, complex carbs in the other ones, more fats in the non-workout meals, less fat in the, the workout meals. Um, I would say the majority of your fats are coming from monounsaturated sources, a little bit from poly, a little bit from saturated. Um, I like, a, like let's say like 50% from mono and then 25 and 25% from poly and uh, saturated. Saturated fats got really popular with the paleo movement with like grass-fed butter and, and organic bacon, coconut oil, and, and things that are taste amazing. Too much saturated fat's probably not that great. And there's limited research on here, but there is some research that talks about saturated fat being harder to burn. So the reason, unless it's a MCT, which is a multi-chain triglyceride, which is a type of saturated fat like coconut oil. Yeah. Coconut oil is one of the only fat sources. It's MCT that can actually get broken down in the liver and detoxified faster so you can actually use it as fuel more readily available which is rare for fats usually take a long time to break down and digest and use as fuel compared to carbs which are like immediate yeah um but there was some like 
I want to say I, I read a little bit about this from RP Renaissance Periodization, and then I also read about it in uh, Lyle McDonald's book, The Stubborn Fat Loss Manual, I think it is, or something like that. And essentially, he talks about, and it makes sense. Like if you look at, like let's say butter, for example, you leave butter out, it's solid. Put it under heat, it melts. Yeah. Right. Olive oil, it's always liquid. Yep. That's a monounsaturated fat. Saturated fat hardens when it's not cooked or warmed, right? So what they were talking about in the book is that like in our body, it almost takes that form, a hardened form, and that's actually harder to break down, utilize as fuel, and burn off your body and detoxify or, or mobilize is what they call it when you're burning fat. Um, whereas monounsaturated fat is not that complex, and it's actually easier to mobilize and burn off. So if you're consuming a lot of saturated fat, it might be actually harder to burn that fat speculative there's not a ton of research but there is some people in the research community that that alluded to that which i would trust um and it's just a healthier source of fat is typically monounsaturated fat in greater doses so the majority of your fats are coming from avocado olive oil nut butters things like that a little bit of your fat is coming from uh, coconut oil meats animal products grass-fed butter stuff like that and then a little bit from polyunsaturated fat which is basically going to be everything else fish oil stuff like that for sure um so that's where like your fats are kind of divvied up across the day. Your proteins are coming from eggs, Greek yogurt, and meat, and that's it. So meal one is eggs. Meal two might be Greek yogurt or something. Meal three might be steak. Meal four might be chicken, something along those lines. But we're having good quality meat sources that are high in uh, leucine and good amino acids. And then we're having high quality uh, amino acid protein from dairy, essentially, and eggs. And then... I think that's it, man. As a whole, I, I mean, four meals a day, evenly spread protein, more fat in the non-workout meals, more carbs in the workout meals, split between fruit and starch in those meals, and 90% of your diet is super clean. No shake, huh? No shake unless it's needed. Like I think uh, – so the only time I have a shake really is like if if I'm going to, like, to a massage after we get done here and I'm like working out and then I leave, I know I'm not going to have dinner for two hours. Yeah. I'll have a shake. Normally, I don't have a shake because I'm like, I'm leaving here and I'm going straight home. It might be 30 minutes, maybe an hour before I actually eat my meal. That's totally fine. Yeah. Over three hours is when I think you're waiting too long to get some kind of protein in your body. Um, or what I'll do is I'll have like a, a casein shake. So that's like a slow digestive protein late at night. So for me, like this is this all hypothetically is very similar to what I do, but I'll go breakfast will be egg whites cooked in olive oil with spinach so it's like a scramble with i just put reduced sugar ketchup on it yep. love ketchup and i just do egg whites uh just to save fats and then i have oatmeal with peanut butter in it and a banana so there's my fruit and starch with some monounsaturated fat with the olive oil and the peanut butter that's meal one which is almost my largest meal of the day which if we look back at like chrononutrition with danny lennon that was on the podcast talks about people who have the majority of their calories in the morning have a better uh, circadian rhythm and just burn more calories throughout the day because they have a a higher portion of calories coming in in the morning. So their day is more energetic essentially is like what it gets to. Um, Meal two is my pre-workout meal, which comes two to three hours pre-workout. And that's going to be Greek yogurt mixed with whey protein. So a little slow digestive, a little fast digestive protein, which has actually been shown to be pretty beneficial when it comes to improving the muscle protein balance, so that ratio of breakdown to yeah. synthesis that we talked about on the last podcast. Whey protein digests way faster, 
So if we take in whey protein, the muscle protein synthetic rate, so basically the, the speed at which muscle protein synthesis happens is faster. faster. It's basically immediate. Yeah. Casein, which Greek yogurt and cottage cheese, like that type of dairy is casein protein. It takes a lot longer to digest. So the, the muscle protein synthesis isn't as fast. However, since it takes longer, the breakdown rate, the muscle protein breakdown is uh, less likely to happen in the long term. For sure. So I have that, that meal with the, the casein and the whey protein because research has shown that that might be more favorable for muscle protein synthesis and avoiding muscle protein breakdown. Then I put oats in there. Again, huge oats guy. And then uh, blueberries. So I got my fruit, more starch, and it's like a high fiber starch, which is going to take a little bit longer to digest, which is perfect because in my workouts in the oats yep. because my workouts two hours later. The fruit is a fast uh, digestive, which is going to help get my blood glucose up and ATP up pretty quickly. Um, then I work out, and then after my workout, it's always big dinner. Big dinner. You almost always red meat. I'm a yeah. big uh, like we don't do a ton of chicken anymore. It's almost always steak. I like chicken, but I just love steak, man. So we do a lot of sirloin, a lot of uh, we did uh, pork uh, pork loins last night. Mm-hmm. It's like a st- fucking fillet of pork, dude. It's so good. But we'll do like pork tenderloin, pork, red meat, something. Big slab of protein, little bit of greens, ton of rice. Gotcha. Um, I put a little bit of butter on my rice just because it tastes so fucking good. Yeah. If I was being like meticulous and like really good with, with this whole concept of the perfect day, I'd probably take that out and just have the rice. Um, what about soy sauce? Not a big soy sauce guy. I will if I'm doing like a teriyaki, like, like a stir fry or something. Yeah. But if I'm doing just rice, I eat like, dude, just grass-fed butter, salt. Damn. So good. But again, like if, if I was trying to be perfect like this, I probably would do soy sauce to give it some flavor because the, I would probably take the, the butter out as the fat, you know. Yeah. And then about two or three hours later at like 8, 8.30 p.m., I have my final meal of the day and it's casein protein powder, uh, some peanut butter, and then frozen blueberries. Freeze it in the fridge. So now I got a little bit of fruit. Cure my sweet tooth at night. Slow digestive protein. A little bit of monounsaturated fat to slow that digestion down too. Perfect meal before you go to bed. Keep your recovery overnight. Make sure you don't wake up hungry in the middle of the night. And you're good. So that's like, I mean, like if we we break that down, it's like every meal has a really high quality protein source and a mixture of protein sources to make sure that MPS and muscle protein breakdown are are, um, optimal. I have slow digestive carbs in all my meals except post-workout, which is when I want the fast digesting carbs to be readily available to replenish glycogen, white rice. Um, I have two servings of veggies, sometimes three servings of greens per day, usually three, two with dinner, one in the morning with spinach. And then I have most of my diets, fat is coming from monounsaturated fat. Um, And I have three servings of fruit per day. It's golden. strawberries or blueberries in the middle of the day banana with my breakfast and frozen blueberries at night um but everything is like like i've literally dissected this and it's like perfect nutrients perfect macronutrient balance and that's that's a big key is like four meals a day is gonna keep you satiated keep you energetic keep you recovering muscle protein synthesis is gonna be good you're not gonna be hungry you have a big enough meal um, you can spread out your nutrients pretty perfectly that way. If you're training in the afternoon, you can set this all up with your circadian rhythm. Like it's, it's really like, it's cool how it's like perfect like that. But, um, but yeah, I think that kind of breaks down like people listening to this, you, you shouldn't take this and go, Oh, I need to mimic Cody's day. Yeah. If you can do it. Cause yeah. I've literally tried to create a perfect day for myself. But for most people just listen to the key concepts I talked about. 
balancing your meals, having good quality protein sources, having two to three servings of greens and, and fruit per day, uh, making sure you're having some slow digesting and some fast digesting proteins, eating around your workout, putting the majority of your calories in certain times a day. If you just take these key concepts and then you apply it into your own life and your own style of eating, you're going to get the best results possible. Before I let you go, I just want to say thanks. I seriously appreciate you spending this last hour or so with me, educating yourself to get better results. It still humbles me to this day that people around the world literally have me in their headphones or their speakers just to learn. It's so empowering, and because of that, I have three quick things for you. The first one is a personal favor. Please leave me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. When you do this, not only does it help me learn and get better at making podcasts for you to get better results, but it helps us grow inside of iTunes, which allows us to invest more, again, to get you better results. The second thing, head over to boomboomformance.com slash sign dash up or click the link in the show notes to get your free copy of the Nutrition Hierarchy. This is everything you need to know about nutrition to change your body composition or performance inside of a manual. I take the leading evidence inside of research and all the principles, methods, and tools based on some of the top professionals in the industry, and I put them all in a book so you can learn more about your nutrition and get better results. The third thing, this is a personal invitation to shoot me a DM on Instagram or email me at cody at boomboomperformance.com. I will help you troubleshoot anything you need. This is literally an invitation to jump in my inbox and ask me anything you want and let me help you. All right, guys, that's all I got for you this time. I appreciate you being here and I'll see you next time.